0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? How's everybody doing? This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. I'm happy to be here. Uh, welcome to the show. I host the show. Today on the show is Bill Hader, the lovely uh, and gentle and kind and talented Bill Hader. Is that a lot of weird, overly sweet descriptions of the guy. He's a good guy, this guy. This guy Hader is a good guy, talented fella. Enjoy talking to him. That'll happen in just a few minutes. Uh, I am back from Chicago thank you everybody uh Chicagoans for helping me sell out six shows at the main stage theater I ain't bragging but I'm bragging uh they were great shows and I don't know what it is about that town or about that space but I love that space and I you know from what I I, I heard from the people uh who who, uh, who run the place you know it's a little off the beaten path but maybe I don't understand Chicago but I don't know why you wouldn't go see whatever is playing there if they've got comics man I'll tell you the main stage is a great place to see comedy because it's a great place to fucking do comedy. I don't know what it is about that place. I was there at exactly the same time last year, and I had exactly as an amazing time performing there. There's something special about it. See, but now I'm starting to think, like, maybe I have slight mania. Maybe my my mania, or if I do have a slight bipolar issue, it works on a yearly cycle, and it just happens to fall on the same weekend as Lollapalooza. How come I can't say that word? But even given the fact that uh, Lollapalooza was happening, I was able to pull in you know six shows worth of WTF people and, and Marin people and who however people come to like me. I, I imagine they're not just going there randomly unless they're being dragged there by friends. But it's a great space, man. It's a great space. I learned something, man. I learned something about the difference between improvising, being an improviser, which is what Chicago is, Chicago is an improv town, and they're highly aware of that. There's definitely a stronghold. There's an improv clique, or several of them. I did not, you know, I I didn't go, I didn't get, I didn't go to a a show at uh, Improv Olympic or Second City or anywhere. But I, I know they're there, and it's it's their place. There's no doubt about it that what defines what Chicago is known for comedically are improvisers. There's a hierarchy. There's uh, all different levels of talent and bitterness around it, uh, and it's it's a real thing. But one thing I do know about what happened in Chicago is I did some old school snapping. Uh, hadn't done it in a while, almost felt ashamed. The interesting thing about my audience is, or the people that come to see me is they will sort of indulge me. They know me pretty well, and I, and I think that as much as I want something new and exciting to happen, they do as well, and they're, they're willing to, to, to sort of let me do that and, and sometimes it yields great stuff, but there was a couple of shows, I'd say two or three out of the six, where I just unloaded on some drunk fuck, who was probably a fan, the, the first night, some guy was sitting right up front, and he just kept drinking, and that, yeah, that's fine, I mean, you know, if someone's got a problem, or if they like to drink, or whatever, but once you enter blackout zone, once you're no longer capable of taking responsibility for what's coming out of your dumb face... It becomes a problem, and when you're sitting right up front as a comic, you've got a whole audience behind that guy that really can't hear or see what he's doing. But it's right in my fucking face, and this guy just out of nowhere during the shows or doing the jokes just started going na 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 na. Was that an, was that irritating to you just now? Was that irritating? Well, it was coming at me out of context in the middle of jokes for about 10 or 15 minutes until I fucking eviscerated. I just destroyed this guy. I just unloaded a lifetime's worth of anger into his dumb, drunk head. And after I was done, it, it I, I felt sort of ashamed. You know, it, it, you know, I, I had I had to take a deep breath. I, I felt like I had just, uh, like it, it was some part of me that I, I tend to reserve for people I love, or, or it was some part of me that I'd left back with uh, the old style, uh, with what I used to do on stage. It felt good. And the audience seemed to like it, but it's very hard to, to you know, being where I'm at now to have that kind of anger come out of me publicly and then have to look at an audience and go, hey, what's up, you guys? And then it happened uh, another time with some drunk, you know, women up front, again, fans that just sort of all of a sudden they're beyond the point of no return with alcohol. And I just unloaded. And there was a couple of times where I engaged audience members. You know, I should pull, you know, I recorded all this stuff. I should pull this shit up just so I can, you know, if you're interested you can hear what that sounds like, but uh, but it, the the odd thing about it was I did you know yeah I was on stage and I felt shitty, I felt shit I felt like I had won something and it felt good to dump that kind of anger, but I, I felt bad about it because you know, I don't, I don't really want to be that guy anymore. But sometimes it's necessary. I guess that's my point. As a stand-up, doing your own thing, you know, sharing your point of view of things and being funny, and then someone just is fucking with you and fucking up your show, they get to take a hit. I don't really like when when clubs escort people out. There's a it's sort of emasculating, but it's the right thing to do. Sometimes uh, before it even gets ugly, someone from the club will walk up and just, you know, take the guy out and then they're walking the guy out in front of an audience and you feel like, well, I should have been able to deal with that, but th- it's a slippery slope. You can engage in that stuff and it could go nowhere and get really ugly, get physical, who the fuck knows. That wasn't the case, but the case was I had the freedom to do that. It was entertaining, it was compelling may not have been entertaining. It may not have been funny, but it was disturbing and it was real and it was happening in that moment and it was justified to a certain degree. I went to uh, do the paper machete show, the radio show, uh, which I wasn't going to do again because I don't know how long you've been listening. The last time I was there, I was accosted and and sort of mentally raped by some lunatic lady uh, before I went on stage, but I I went back because Al Madrigal was in town. And we were hanging out, and uh, he was doing it. And so, well, he said he did it because I did it, and I did it because he did it. Whatever. It wasn't bad. It was at the Green Mill Tavern, which is this historic place. And I'm not sure, but I think that was actually the place that Shelley Berman saw uh, Mort Saul for the first time. I have to go back and listen to that. Whatever the case, I went back to do this show, and I've got a point here. I started to see how the improv thing works is that, you know, they get these tools where they learn how to commit to certain elements of a character that are funny. And then they just repeat those throughout the character and the depth of those, of those repetitions of those character traits. Uh, if they're funny enough, just escalate and build. And it's, it's hilarious. I mean, there's, there's something to it, but Katie rich who is a great improviser and, and, uh, sort of a uh, you know a big deal in, in that town. I, I worked with her on that show the last time and she did a very funny essay and this time she did a fairly heartfelt essay about improvising and about seeing fish when she was a kid or at a different point in her life. But it, you know the story was fine. But what, what struck me was she told a story about improvising at, uh, at, at Second City, I believe, and at some point some drunk fucking idiots were fucking up the show for everybody. And she went out of character. She left these improv zone of the real or the truth of whatever moment. And she went and told these fuckers that they were ruining the fucking show for everyone. She just went up to their table and said, you guys are fucking this up. You're fucking it up for everybody because you drunk idiots. Now I'm paraphrasing that. Mu- that wasn't you know what exactly what she said. The point is she got in trouble by her producers. You can't do that. You can't do that. Oh, so improv is only you know limited to uh, real moments and the truth of a moment you know on stage that that's the context that you know someone who's destroying the show you know does there's no reprisal for that guy because you're just a ride at a fucking theme park the improv theme park it, i was glad she did it and i was glad she talked about it because that right there is the fundamental difference between stand-up and and improv is that you know a stand-up's truth in a moment could be destroying somebody in an audience or at least commenting on it or at least you know giving that guy a a verbal beating for being a fucking idiot whereas you just got to suck it up and take it if you're in the middle of an improv show so i'm proud of katie rich for doing that not not that it fucking matters but it was just something striking about the nature of those type of performances and why you know with improv you know, you get groups of people that, you know, learn how to define characters, write sketch, you know, move through moments. And, and, and it's very specific and great talent. But you just gotta, you know, let the audience have their experience, even if that experience is destroying it for the rest of the audience. Fuck that, I say. Fuck that. One more thing about this. Here's the sad thing about misunderstanding an audience. And this happened to me, too. Like, I was, you know, I was full of the beans, man. I was full of uh, whatever you want to say, piss and vinegar. I was agitated, but not irritated. I was just, I find that I am driven by a certain point. After a certain point, I have to be driven by complete frustration with myself to push myself into new material. So I got a little bit of an edge like that uh, when I'm performing like that. And these shows were, in Chicago, were very emotionally uh, uh, varied and then I had a wooer, I had some guy wooing, woo, you know, in the middle of jokes, and it was Saturday night and I'd done about 20 minutes of uh, of great laughy, you know, I was getting good laughs and then I hit some sort of plateau because I felt myself detaching uh from the audience and going into bits that I didn't want to do and he started wooing and I and I sort of said what the fuck is with the woo and we had this exchange and you know I kind of uh you know attacked him a bit and then I hear this woman who's clearly sitting next to him go, "He's your biggest fan." And I'm like, ugh, what's wrong with me? But I mean, still, there is decorum, right? There is some as an audience member. They're very exciting shows. And thank you, Katie Rich, for yelling, yelling, going, speaking your mind to drunken, buzzkill, shitty audience members. All right, look, here we go. Bill Hader is in the garage. Great guy. For for reals. Let's talk to Bill Hader. So, when you do movies, I I think I might have an opportunity to do a movie here.
1: Oh, yeah? Um,
0: They are shooting in Acton, California, which is approximately 50 miles from Highland Park. Call time is 6.30 a.m., and they are saying they feel confident they will have you rap
1: by 7 p.m. a full-day work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's the movie? Uh, It's called... I don't know what it's called. Why, you're probably in it. No, no. (laughs) No. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is it? What are we doing tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, oh yeah, I'm in that movie.
1: I'm in that movie.
0: You're like in every movie no. almost. I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like if you really look at your 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 career, if you look at your your page, you're like, oh yeah, oh shit, that's right. He was a, oh right, that was he was that guy who did that thing. Oh, yeah, Brother Solomon, he was the guy in the bike. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that guy. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. It's something with Oliver. It's based on a. Uh, some series of uh, YouTube videos uh, about some kid who was shooting a documentary of his dad who used to be a, a, a rock a musician of some kind. Oh, no, I don't know nothing, about this. No. Nothing rings, no Jackson. It, it, r- r- oh, I just, I, it rings no bell, and I read Jackson. <laughs> Sorry, I read, <laughs> no, no Jackson. It, it, it rings no Jackson. <laughs> it's not sparking any Jackson's in you. No Jackson's? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, okay, let me just tell her, okay, fine, fuck it let's let's make a movie. But Bill Hader, I mean, I'm surprised that uh, you know, that's how I dropped your name in there, yeah, As I like that, a, yeah, <laughs> like that's that's some radio shit there. <laughs> tell me, Bill Hader, line with Bill Hader, yeah, and uh, well, that's how they reset things, that's yeah. it, that's the, what you don't have to really do that in podcasting,
1: so, <laughs> so I love like that you do it anyway. Yeah, so, though, Bill okay. Hader, I know, I just <laughs> We'd already... So, the guys could look back down at their uh, iPhone. Right, right. <laughs> like, and go, who oh, am I yeah. listening to again? Oh, the, he
0: just reminded me. He's oh. A, he's a professional. Okay. So, I'm glad that you didn't, you had some time not doing a movie. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, that's been nice. It, <laughs> that's one of those pandery kind of like provocative ways of set up. Like, so you're not doing a film this hour. That's interesting. You've done an awful lot, though,
1: haven't you? How do I tee myself up here?
0: <laughs> How long have you been in
1: L.A. now? Um,
0: about three weeks have you ever had this happen now look i'm not it's not a humble brag i'm not toot my own horn here this is the way show business works Mm -hmm. we'll get back to you in a second no i'm in you know i that get this i get this opportunity to do this part today but it's today and it's shooting wednesday you know it's four pages it's a it's a yeah it's a pretty chunky scene yeah but then like i get on the phone with my agent they're like yeah well it just turned you know it was originally thought conceived of for bill paxton Uh i'm like okay i can see that and they went out to Ed O'Neill, but they couldn't get him out of Modern Family. Uh-huh. So you're why did it.
1: They tell you all that. I never hear that. Well, that's why because would they tell you all that.
0: I don't know why they told me it, but it didn't bother me as you think it was. I'm like, I'm number three. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're it's Bill Paxton, Ed O'Neill, and then me. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Your Plan C. Well, they but they, <laughs> it was an offer. I didn't have to no, read. No, that's it. great. They're like, you know, come on in. Yeah, man. He's sort of on. like O'Neill Paxton. <laughs> Good
1: you were up for dutch weren't you i
0: was (laughs) let me ask you uh some questions to get me through this so all right so you let's say you get a part and you've done parts like this where you're Mm. like literally in the movie for a few scenes yeah second like uh tropic thunder Yeah, several scenes but you know but you make comedic decisions what do you do you're given a script so uh, let's say you got this part or you're the guy here are your four pages what's your process go
1: uh I read through it. Oh, so I got to read it. You got to read it. Do you read then, the whole script generally? I sometimes do honest, and then honest. sometimes I don't. Like, yeah. Sometimes it depends on what it is to be honest. Um but now I usually will read the whole thing and then um uh, animated movies, I don't read. I won't read the whole thing, so I'll go see the movie and be like, "Oh, that's what that's what my guy does. Um, I'm a troll. I can fly. <laughs> yeah, Oh, well, look at me. That whole thing was up in the air. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's great. I should have read that. Oh, I'm a bird. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you uh, go over the lines. Uh, keep don't. I. But the thing I learned was yeah. I don't get really. I don't fully. You kind of like know the lines, but you don't get like really like on book. And really? then you get there and you get really uh, – you just keep it loose depending on what the – With the other the, actor. With you the start, other actor. You start working with the and other actor. And you start actor. messing around like, oh, what are you doing? You kind of right. see – like you mentioned Tropic Thunder. Yeah. I mean, I show up and it's Tom Cruise so right. I just like that acting crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go the other way because I can't be crazy. No one's going to be watching me in any of these scenes. No, but, the, <laughs> you know? they, but, but they but were. You, but you can – you know, you try to like – if I go the other way and he goes that way – then, but you were it sort of this, this kind of weird kind of like, uh, like guy. You're the,
0: what do you call that? The ev- it's not an evil assistant, but it's sort of Sounds the like dirty the, work guy. Yeah,
1: I'm the attache kind yeah, of yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But
0: you're a weasel.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm doing an impersonation of an actual guy named John Goldwyn. John Goldwyn's <laughs> you not, had a guy? now, John Goldwyn's not a, uh, weasel or anything, but I had to pick a, I had to make a choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were kinda doing an impression? I was doing an impression and then he Who was it, that guy? John Goldwyn runs Gold Lauren Michael's uh film <laughs> thing. He's a Goldwyn. He's Samuel Goldwyn's grandson. He used to run Paramount. Uh huh. And uh he's a very nice guy. Yeah. But you know, the look and the kind of way he talks. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know he produced a movie i was in uh called hot rod and and i he would come up to me on set and say have you ever seen the film zardoz <laughs> with you you know? Know, sean Connery?" yeah yeah like and i go oh you know i miss zardoz he's like you have got to see zardoz <laughs> He's <is> like, <laughs> everybody <laughs> misses zardoz yeah, yeah. and i was like well i gotta see zardoz now so uh are you talk about the sandwiches do you know why these sandwiches are so fresh <laughs> Because, why are they so fresh? And yeah. the guy who made them goes, I, I made them this morning. He goes, because he made them this morning. <laughs> and then you just have these great conversations with John Goldwyn. So I came in to read for the movie, and I started to I go, I asked Ben Stiller, I go, do you know John Goldwyn? And he started laughing. He goes, yeah, I know John Goldwyn. And I just started doing it, and he said... Um, yeah you, got it. Like, you yeah. got it that was the only time this ever happened in my life I didn't have to read or anything he was like you got it I just started doing the impression and he was like you, you, well, you went in for an uh, audition yeah and I had all my I had everything memorized and I was really rigid right and I got so nervous to get myself out of my head I was like what if I did uh, this guy and I just started doing exactly what I just did for you and Ben said but you had oh, done
0: good. a lot of movies before that I still and that, get
1: so nervous before
0: but you still was, you still don't commit to the script completely
1: not so much not committing i will yeah depending but i don't get i i'm just saying per, yeah personally yeah when i read something and i get really really in you know i i really ingrained in it and i need to know every pause everything right, right. i stink I have to kind of know it and then see what the other person's doing and mess around a little bit.
0: So you're not one of those guys who's like, I've got choices for each one of these yeah, lines. no. Go, no it's you very do
1: very I- intuitive, I guess. But then I hear certain directors, uh, especially stage people, it's like, you know, uh, that comma's there for a reason. Really? You know, you go up on this line, you go down on this line. And I've had that in voiceover sessions. And so I've gotten better at it. I think I just—I the first movies I remember those Apatow movies and and it was so loosey goosey that the first movies you did, yeah, um, really? Oh, you mean up. big parts? Yeah, yeah. He knocked up was the the first big part. Yeah, and know. he's real loose, crazy loose. Yeah, what, I was. was uh, not, no, I was. Oh, uh, you were the the, the g- editor to Catherine Heigl's character. I was her editor at E!
0: Right, and you were in those scenes, like, right? huh, you're pregnant. Yeah, you're pregnant.
1: Like, oh, pregnant. Yeah, That's a good impression of me. <laughs> you just did everyone's impression of me, which is like, oh, hey, how are you? Fred Armis's impersonation of me is like, hey, I just started listening to the Allman Brothers.
0: <laughs> are, you,
1: are you that guy? <laughs> yeah, I'm always... All right, oh. so
0: walk me through. I'm not, I'm not digging for anything, Mm -hmm. I just want, I want, you set the scene. I want the dialogue. I want you to act this out.
1: Uh You telling Lauren that you're leaving. (laughs) (laughs) I want, I want voices. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's see. We just, Justin Bieber had just pitched. We just did our pitch meeting with Justin Bieber. Yeah. No. So we did a pitch meeting with Justin Bieber next day, Tuesday. Yeah. I walk in and Lauren immediately started talking about, I think up all night had just gotten Cancelled or something. So he was yeah. talking about that. Yeah, and it was all this small talk, and my stomach was in knots. And he knew exactly why I was coming in. How did he know? My agent had told him that I was moving to California. Oh, and so it, I was, but not uh, quitting the show. Yeah, and and so we're going to go on and talk about me moving to California. And um, and we walked in, and he started telling me this. And he went, "So you're moving to California?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes." And he went, <laughs> like he just kind of like. <laughs> So like <laughs> <laughs> that's what he did. He went
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> And
1: I was like, Yeah, you know, it's just been great working here and I think it's just you know and he was like, No, oh, you know, I get it and and you have kids and you know, and you have to you know he was but you know they have backyards in Westchester too. You know? oh, that that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he wanted you to say. <laughs> yeah, but he totally got it. He's like, You know, you got two kids, you gotta I get it. And I said, All right. And uh and then um he said, Well let's wear this for a while. Let's not you know, it's February. We have until the end of the season and I said, Okay. Was that does that mean don't say anything don't about say it? Don't say anything, don't go public with it. And I wasn't gonna go public with it anyway, but I knew in February and then it was good. Then, you know, he would do little things like something would go really well and he would walk over and he'd go, he'd go, You're gonna miss this <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was the essential thing. Was I, you know, I um, uh, I get it, but I, I wish you would stay. But I, I get why. You know, you've been here eight years. You know, yeah. You, gave, you know, I my contract was for seven. I went an extra season. He yeah. Just, he fully got it. You yeah. Know? But uh, and then. When I said I want to announce it in New York Times the week of my last show, he went, oh, okay, well, let's figure out how to do that, and I'll be a part of the thing. Like, he was cool. He was really – but it is a thing where you have to kind of um, – you just have to be really straightforward with him, and and it's, uh, it's nerve-wracking because you're kind of going in with the guy that said – him yeah. and your whole life changed yeah <laughs> you know what i mean he's, he's a king yeah, yeah. He's a magic yeah he's mad he went you and their whole life changed so it was this this feeling of wanting to um yeah, it was like breaking up with your dad or something. It <laughs> breaking was just, yeah, up with your dad. Yeah, it was like I just I'm did sorry. that. Sorry, yeah. No, it's, I'm sorry. All right. it's all right. We'll probably get back together. Oh, I hope
0: okay. so. Yeah, we kind of stuck with him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. You just you you know he's always gonna be there and stuff. So it's never like oh I'm not gonna like not talk to you ever again. But um, people have told me that you get really emotional. You know, other people that left the show say oh I you know I when I told Lauren I was leaving I started crying and stuff like that. That didn't happen. But it was like the room started spinning. It was like I said, I'm leaving the show. Right. And then it was like <laughs> like I just You couldn't believe it. I thought it was either a weight had been put on my shoulders or lifted and I thought, I might I might pass out in front of him. How horrible would that be if I pass out right now? <laughs> It'd be now? great. And then he would be like, He doesn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wanted to leave and then he <laughs> fell flat on his face. He's staying. <laughs> But he was just, he was nice about it. And he'd under, yeah, I mean, he wasn't like, um, you asshole. No, right. yeah, but he wasn't like thrilled either. Right. It was just kind of like, all right, you know, I wonder What's if there's, have there ever been people that have left and, and, and there's been reprisals? I don't know, probably. Yeah. That's the thing about me at the show was that I was always kind of uh, uh, oblivious or. I always wanted to be in on the gossip, but I was never, I was always kind of oblivious to yeah, everything. Yeah. What's so busy? It was like, yeah, and you go, wait, they're leaving? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what happened? Wait, <laughs> so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so? Wait, well, what's happening? Uh, how did this... <laughs> uh, what have I been doing? Yeah, I'm over here uh, yeah, on oh, the, yeah, trying to yeah perfect some voice or something. So, what, what's the plan, dude? i living in L.A., um... But when, went, when you left for LA and your agent said, hey, we got," you, did you come here with things? Do you have things? Yeah, I'm doing... I'm writing at South Park this season. You're writing yeah. at South Park? Yeah, and, uh, which I've done the past four years. I do their retreats and stuff. Oh, really? South Park, yeah. And then they put me... So this season, I've written some episodes with them. When I say written, it's those guys. You kind of go in, it's like me, Matt and Trey, and Vernon Chapman. And we just sit there and they... You know, we're just basically Trey and, and Matt are bouncing their idea off of us, and then we help out, and you go on from, like, 10 a.m. to 1. You it, know but is I mean?
0: there, isn't there there, like, some sort of compound
1: where there's a, a crew of writers, or is this the initial no, that's process? It. It's Oh, really? That's it. That's the, uh, Trey and Matt do everything. So you'll sit there, and you'll have that conversation, and we'll go, okay, so, you know, I have an idea of, you know, Kanye West is a gay fish or something, and you right. do this whole thing. yeah and we'll talk about three scenes and then we'll leave and the next day we'll come back those scenes we talked about are fully animated the voices are in it's all done and then Trail goes so what do you think is this kind of what we want you know what i mean and we go yeah that's funny or you know <laughs> what i mean and so i mean so I'm doing that, and then...
0: Um, You've been doing that for four years, though. Yeah. So what, how, how, how long does it take? I've never talked to anybody that's... Uh, not in a long time, anyways, that, that has written for South Park. And it always strikes me as odd when somebody who is a, primarily a, a, a performer, and then all of a sudden, like, when you hear
1: someone say, oh, I'm going to go write on this, I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, most people think that's weird. Um... <laughs> and why you? <laughs> well, I, because I'm friends with... I've been friends with those guys for a while, and... How'd you meet them? I met Matt... Stone through yeah. uh, a friend, and then we just started hanging out. And then he said, "Do you want to come to one of these retreats? We have a retreat in Seattle. Why don't you come and just bullshit with us?" And I said, "Sure." And this yeah. happens before each season. It's yeah, a- we do a retreat. We just did the one for this season. We just went to like you go to like went to like Laguna Beach, yeah, to, like some nice hotel, and yeah. you just hang out and in a suite. Yeah, and you sit and throw around. uh And it was just you and Vernon and Matt and Trey. Yeah, that's the retreat. The yeah. four of you. The four of us. <laughs> And it's awesome. How do you it's How do you blast. know Vernon? Through those guys.
0: Yeah, because I mean, guys. I remember when he was a stand-up in San Francisco. He works for great. Louis sometimes. Yeah, he's hey. some sort
1: of wizard. He's he is me. a wizard. He's one of the funniest human beings on the planet. He's so smart. He and I write together. We try, you know, wrote a movie together. And what happened to that movie? I don't know. We'll see. What, we'll see if it ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> you write these things. Where you're like, we wrote a movie. Yeah. yeah. And then people go, <clears throat> When's it being made? And and you go, oh, oh, you don't understand the process. <laughs> You don't know how the world the world works. I, I attached myself to it, and it wasn't enough. <laughs> yes, I yeah. attached myself, and they went, "Who?" Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, you know. Um, but the reason I do it, to be honest, is I like writing, and I. But at SNL, we wrote sketches, right? And at S and at South Park, you break story, and that's something I'm like really interested in. So it's really a thing of just one, just staying sharp. When I moved to LA, and you go and you take meetings, and you do those things. But also, you, I just learn a ton. Well, Breaking really Story, yeah, I like just that. learned how to do that. It's a, it's a trip. Because you think,
0: the weird thing about Breaking Story, like, especially on my show where I thought I had stories, is you really just have events. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, <laughs> the guy goes to story, and then the guy shoots him. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that happens, but what's the story? What's the second act? Well, that would be the end of the third act. And you're oh, like, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, that's not that's, a thing. That's, that's not a story. That's a situation. Story. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was really weird to learn that. Because in your head, your head's sort of like, that's the whole thing. That's the yeah. whole show. It's like. That's a very short show.
1: Now it's very short. That's <laughs> what I learned from Trey and Matt was uh, we would say, well, you know, this can happen, um, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and they went, well, there's a problem. You, that's not right. And we go, well, what, what do I do? And he said, you have to. It has to be this happens, so therefore this happens, but then this happens, so now therefore this happens. You know, it's a different. It's a different logic. You right. know what I mean? Right. Of there just has to. You know, there has to be some continuation there. And once I figured that out, I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I'm still figuring it out. But every time I meet with those guys, I always get in the car on the way home and go, Okay, I think I kind of I'm understanding this a little bit better now. You what, know what do you I mean? what do you write? A whole season then?
0: The yeah. four of you? How yeah. many's in a
1: season? I don't know. I think it's like 13 episodes or uh-huh. fifteen episodes.
0: So you and Vernon and Matt and Trey just sat there and crunched the, the season.
1: Yeah. yeah, we just hit, but this year, well, past years, they've, they've had other writers like Eric Rivanoia and- uh, Um. It's still a very funny
0: show. It's always yeah. like, you know, kind of, uh, uh, it's actually, you know, some of the most uh, powerful satire around yeah. consistently and it just keeps churning out.
1: Yeah, those guys, and it really is, it's the thing that I loved about Monty Python growing up and and some other comedy was that it really is is just the two-headed beast. It's just those two guys. Right, Monty Python was five guys being like, "This is what we find funny," and it really is. That's it. There's no other other thing there. You're just kind of following their muse of what they're into at that moment, and then and Vernon and I, I guess, are good at going along with them. You know, but it really is those two dudes. They just and it, it seems like. They've just have learned each step of the way since doing dumb, you know, doing dumb little thing like shorts in college. Right. But there isn't any real difference, right. you know, from their approach to things. Yeah. We'll yeah. sit there and talk and in the middle of it, Trail just go, well, I'm going to go write this, which means <laughs> go home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very informal. You just yeah. kind of hang out, bullshit. And then he goes, well, I'm going to go write all that and then leaves, you know. And that's all,
0: that's all they do. Yeah. Well, they, and they did the musical, which is amazing, amazing. which I didn't see. But Phenomenal.
1: I, yeah? It is. It's one of those things that I, because we were working with those guys, my wife and I and Vernon and his wife, we got to go to all these um rehearsals and workshops for the Book of Mormon before we saw it. So we were going three years before it opened. To give notes? Not really to give notes. I mean, they would ask us informally, like, oh, what'd you think? Do you like yeah. that? But it was very different. Like A lot of it took place in Salt Lake City, and then it kind of changed. And you're seeing how it morphed. And I felt... In the end, it was like, oh, it was like being in the editing room or hanging out watching guys write Blazing saddle yeah, like yeah, Brian yeah. or some, you just knew like, oh, this is going to be a big, this is a big deal. It's
0: So it's interesting to me that, because I, I didn't, I certainly would have no way of knowing that about you, but like, it's such, it's really a small circle. I mean, it, it, yeah. like, it's just those guys. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, and Bill Hader. Is, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I thought that they had sort of, I knew that people moved in and out of writing for that because- but I didn't realize that the process is really, you hang out for a week or a weekend, yeah. and that's it. Then you've yeah. written for South Park.
1: Yeah, you well, for the, no, I mean, it's six-day weeks, and you have Wednesday off, and it's for, like, three months. Oh, know? is that, okay. Yeah. So it's not so it's like just, a, just the It's retreat. like a long, yeah, you do the retreat. Yeah. And then you kind of get some ideas, but then they leave room for, like, whatever's going to happen during the run, and that's why you'll see some news story, and then that Wednesday, South Park did it. And you're like, how the hell did they turn that around so fast? You oh, because oh, they, they know something's going to happen. That's or to they make... figure it out. They go, oh, my God, we got to do something about that. That's so funny, you know, and then, you know, we do it. So this, like, I know we talked a little bit
0: about it before, but you, yeah, are you surprised entirely that your career just sort of went where it went?
1: Yeah, Totally. Because was, I mean you grew up where? In Oklahoma? Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. I don't I don't even know what that looks like. That yeah, is, a lot of people it's just flat. <laughs> who who else is from there? Anybody? Sam Kennison. Sam Kennison <laughs> like right. went there, you know, uh Gary Busey. Gary Busey actually was on a show called Mazeppa Papazoidi, yeah. which was a um which was a uh, uh like a public access show in the seventies where they would show like horror movies and sci fi movies and it was just him, this guy Gaylord Sertain, who was in all the Ernest movies, and this guy named Jim Mil- Milway Sr. Yeah. And they just were three dudes, like, in a like a crappy, you know, TV studio yeah. in Tulsa. Um, and that's how he started? Just improvising. Yeah. Just improvising and doing these dumb sketches. And you can see some on YouTube. They're really funny. They really? are still, like... They're... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're regionally really funny. If you're from Tulsa, you're kind of like, okay, that's really funny. I know those kind of people. Um... But he was really funny in those. I mean, Brucey he was. Yeah, in the early, it's like early mid seventies. But my dad had tapes of him, uh-huh. and so he's like, "Oh, you gotta watch him Papazoidi. And me and my friends would go downstairs and watch him. And then I moved. I I went to high school with Jim Milway Jr. So he was like, it was like meeting I don't know John, Cle- yeah, was, yeah. John Cleese's son or right. something. Like, you know, what your I mean? dads
0: in those videos. He's like
1: your dad is so fucking funny. Like I was just freaking out. And I was like, can I meet him? You yeah. know what I mean? So that was. Did kind you of meet what, him? I did meet him once and I was very starstruck. Yeah. I don't he, not, I, he was he, just like an ordinary dad. He was like, oh, hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is Jim ready to leave? You know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> man, Mazeppa Papa And He's like, that was 25 years ago, son. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, that is, the, yeah. that is the shit, dude. What,
0: did he just stay in Tulsa?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just like a businessman in Tulsa. But like in the early 70s, he was buddies with Gaylord Sartain and, and Gary Busey. Busey. And they were just clearly stoned, just- fucking around and just like making each other laugh and it and was they, so it was, funny these
0: were interstitial segments too interstitial
1: uh, so you'd be watching a horror movie and then it would just cut to them and it was always some sort of school it was like uh teddy jack eddie gary Busey was a character named teddy jack Jacketti. eddie teddy jack eddie's school on like making airplane noises
0: you know what i mean <laughs> right and like they and they would try to teach sketch some guy. comedy
1: Yeah, 70s sketch comedy right and it was so fucking stupid yeah it's great some of them are on youtube Check him out. And BC, like, well he is funny. He's fi- he is funny. And those things you're kind of like, "Oh, I get it. I so get it."
0: But Tulsa like you're was you didn't do did, you've got a pair of boots. Did we talk about that? Do you have some no, cowboy boots? I have no
1: cowboy boots. You did at one time. No. Never. Never How would you avoid boots. that in
0: Tulsa? Seriously? I don't
1: know. My dad's from Chicago and he's like right. you're not wearing boots. That's why <laughs> You do have sort of a Chicago accent, right? A little bit, maybe. I don't know. I don't have the Oklahoma thing. Everyone's always surprised when they hear I'm from Oklahoma. Well, my parents are from Jersey, and I grew up in New Mexico. And yeah, yeah. I don't have an, I don't know <laughs> if there is
0: a regional. Do you know what the
1: what is Oklahoma? Just that. What I was kind of doing, like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Oh, it's like that. Yeah, or um, not quite Texas. Yeah, I was kind of just. But well, it has got a draw to yeah, it. Yeah, you know.
0: But Tulsa's like I don't the, Oklahoma what do I know about Oklahoma I mean it's I think of rodeo
1: yeah and, or, or Roberts University a lot of yeah like, yeah hard, like a lot of the televangelists you see that a lot of that was in Tulsa
0: well that's where Kenison's family was a crew of televangelists
1: yeah did yeah. you know that yeah I knew he was a preacher he does that whole bit in his stand-up where he does that yeah
0: where well, yeah, he preaches yeah he could it do awesome. it he knew
1: how to do it that yeah, was great but you didn't grow up with that either no not at all no religion no, no. not the heavy no not the heavy Jesus. Light Jesus? We had light Jesus, yeah. yeah. It was like my, my mom, like, Easter morning being like, oh, we yeah. got to go to church <laughs> or they'll run us out. <laughs> yeah. They were both from Chicago? No, yeah. my No, my mom is from Tulsa. She grew up in is Tulsa. Is that why your dad went to? Yeah. Ah. Uh, he went down to Tulsa. No, he they met in college. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she was from Tulsa? Yeah. And they started a family? Yeah. And they wanted grandparents nearby? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's me. Yeah. yeah. And you've got brothers and sisters? Two sisters. Two sisters? Yeah. Younger? Younger. Uh-huh. Two younger sisters. Yeah? Yeah. Well, what does that make them now? How old? How old are you? I'm 35. 30. Oh, so, so they're, they're 34 and 31. Everyone
0: gets along? Yeah.
1: Everybody gets along great. Are they in show business? No. 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 Are they in Tulsa? One's in Tulsa. The other one is in New Mexico. Really, I don't know where in New Mexico. That's where I'm from. I haven't, I haven't been there. She just moved.
0: See, I feel like that. Like I think that I think Oklahoma touches New Mexico at the top, doesn't it? Yeah, probably yeah, a little bit. <laughs> doesn't the, doesn't the end of the Panhandle, yeah, kind of kiss up so again. The, neighbors, yeah. There's like that Four Corners area where yeah. you can sort of put one limb in Oklahoma, one in New
1: Mexico. Know. To be honest, Santa Fe is like where a lot of friends would go, like Colorado. You right. go to Santa Fe, you go to Albuquerque, you go to see concerts. Sometimes people drive that far to How go long do you con- drive to Tulsa? It's like forever. It's like 15 hours. My Our, new friends were like, we're going to go to Albuquerque, man. Yeah. And I'm uh, like, why? Those are the worst ideas.
0: The worst you'd, ideas you'd ever. you sort of get half high on the drive, and then you'd be fucked up from the drive. And then by the time you got to the concert, you're just strung out from the road. Yeah, no, terrible. And then terrible. you you'd buy, you'd get a hotel room at a Hotel six. <laughs> And like four of you sleep <laughs> in the fucking hotel room. It's a disaster. It's yeah, never... and they're like, whose idea was this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we're, Yeah, three hours into the drive. Yeah, like, there's stinks. all that momentum. Like here we go, and then yeah. like nine hours in, like oh fuck. Yeah, how no. far? We used to do that to Denver. We go to Mile High Stadium. Oh like, yeah, from Albuquerque. That was only ten hours, but we did that twice.
1: And were you stoked doing it, or was it? Well, it was worth okay.
0: It? One time we went in two cars, and I remember we—I'd stolen a bunch of food from the deli I worked <laughs> at, and we ended up like having food fights in between the cars on the highway. And the, it was always a, a oh,
1: living the dream.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> But I. But okay. So you end up in Tulsa. When when did the outside of Zeppa? What is it? Zeppa. Zeppa
1: Papazoidi. M- Zeppa Papazoidi. Is that that's such a seventies name too? It's, it's yeah. A, I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Zeppa Papazoidi. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. thought that was hilarious. We Who called Zeppa man. Oh
0: shit, man. <laughs> but when what? Uh, when did you get the bug, man? When did you like? Were you in high school doing musicals?
1: No, that's funny. Uh- <laughs> just imagine me doing a musical um no uh i did a little bit of acting in high school mostly because i was dating a girl who was doing acting but i didn't really think about it that much what were you what was the plan i really liked filmmaking i was more of a film buff and i wanted to be a um filmmaker a writer and filmmaker and so i went to um i had terrible grades in high school and i couldn't really get into any good film school so i ended up going to a Community college in Scottsdale, Arizona. Two year program. Yeah, and I stayed for a year, and then my buddies were like, "Fuck this, let's just move to LA." So we just—I moved to LA in '99, and then I oh, started. Really? Yeah, and then I, I was a PA for a really long time. I was, you were one of those guys. Yeah, I was like the PA. Can I get you coffee. Kind of yeah, yeah, around. yeah. How
0: do I get in?
1: Yeah. How do what, I get in? Yeah. What did
0: your dad do that he let you do this shit?
1: He's a uh, he runs an air freight company. Oh. But my dad actually, when I was really young. I don't even remember it really But it's true He did stand up for a little bit My dad tried He loves He still to this day Loves stand up comedy Really he's Obsessed with stand up comedy Listen on the serious I just went and saw these OKC basketball games with him And we drove up to Tulsa and the whole way We were listening to the the serious, serious rock Yeah just the whole time And he's like Oh you gotta listen to this guy This guy's great yeah. You know he just loves He loves stand up He loves stand up So we what, he, he did open mics, or? Yeah, and then I think he went down to Houston, where there was like a scene, Sure, you know, that was the, in the, the early hicks, 80s, the and the hicks, hicks, and uh, all those things. Uh,
0: Jim, what was his name? Uh, Pineapple, and Jimmy, was it Freddie Pine, Jimmy Pineapple? I can't, oh, shit. Steve Epstein, yeah, Riley was, Barber. There was that whole yep.
1: Houston scene, and he yep. would kind of go down and do stand-up, but he never, he had like three kids, and At the workshop, nobody, and I think just it was went, called. and he just was like, Nah, fuck this, and can't he started driving a truck, and but he was doing it like he was. He wanting, did it for a little bit. Yeah. He was excited, and I think that you see any tape on him or no? To this day, I'm like, Dad, this have I am like, he's got to have one. To, you gotta give me some of your. Does he jokes. have? Did he have one? You gotta have a tape. It's gotta be a yeah. Betamax or a VHS something, around. someplace. No, I never showed he, it to no. you. No, I know he had like he did. Like, I can't remember any of his jokes. I know he had like cocaine humor. I remember that it was very oh, early eighties. Yeah, 80s yeah, stuff. yeah. Sure, um, but he he did, uh, but he was. He was so, um, so me getting on Saturday Night Live blew his mind. I mean, he was so this must excited. must greatest
0: thing in the world.
1: It was the greatest thing in the world. He came to a show and where I got to say Live from New York, and he was, like, totally crying. Straight up crying. And it's so crazy because you do it, and it's such a, quick, we got to go over here. And I look up real quick, and I see my dad crying, and I can't even, like, process it. You can't the have moment. the emotions. Yeah. I can't have the moment. Yeah. I'm like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta dress up like you know some other guy. My dad was just blown away. He's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it!" <laughs> it's he's like, like we've been watching that show since '75. I saw the first one. You know, yeah, he was, yeah. He's a big comedy fan. Yeah. Oh, did comedy.
0: you walk him around uh, the studio? Yeah,
1: and, yeah. I introduced him to Lauren. Oh, and Introduced shit. him to to he saw Don Pardo doing oh, really? the thing in the booth, and he was like, "That's fucking Don Pardo!" <laughs> like he was going crazy. <laughs> he freaked out. He, he was really kind of. Shy around Jim Downey, introducing him to Jim Downey. And Jim Downey's, been, you know, really gregarious and stuff. And well, he's been great.
0: the writer there since, like, day one yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah.
1: he came in with Bill Murray. Uh-huh. And my dad, and my, and my dad was very nice, and then he walked away. And my dad's like, the bank of change. Like, that's the guy, you know? You know, it's like, yeah, it's Jim Downey's been around forever, you know? Oh, so he's a big... Um, that's cute, man. Yeah, he's a big... Uh, he loves he loves what's your up. mom was your mom like okay she's like all right yeah, yeah we're fine <laughs> yeah, everything's okay i'm happy he's making a living yes i'm very happy yes, yeah this is good yeah i'm glad he, yeah because i was so bad and like i was bad in school but everybody thought i was on drugs and drinking and stuff but yeah. I wasn't and yeah. it wasn't like i had a moral thing against it i was just i don't know i think i figured out my senior year of high school oh i'm just interested in one thing yeah and i can't concentrate. I don't but give it wasn't because you're on chemistry drugs, yeah, or yeah, yeah, like yeah. But I had like the cool and in- English teacher, yeah. Say the hater, life. hater, you don't smoke the doobage? That's what he said in a parking lot once, and I was like, "Fuck you, fuck this place." <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I was more just like a you right, know. right. You're just sort of detached from it all. I was like, I smoked cigarettes and drank coffee and kind of like just sat around and yeah have like a You don't, beard smoke, the you the, don't smoke the dubage. You don't smoke the doobage. I was like, get away from
0: me. Well, the, the cool English teacher, <laughs> that can go either way. Either they're kind of creepy or they change
1: your life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was more of like the Donald Sutherland, I want to fuck your girlfriend right. kind of English teacher. T- like from my house. house. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was more yeah. of that guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you do a year at community college studying what though?
1: Filmmaking. Oh, okay. And I made some films. I met a, some buddies there and then we all just moved to LA and we were all PA and I PA'd on... Um, was a production assistant on, like, really low-budget, shitty movies. One of the first jobs I had, actually, was driving around Marty Cove. He was best known as the evil sensei from Karate Kid, the guy who says sweep the leg. Yeah. I drove him around, and he... Uh, this is Hollywood, man. This is Hollywood, so I'm yeah. driving around in my shitty car. Yeah. And he, um, he got me lost on purpose because he didn't know the... Um, he hadn't read the script yet. Yeah. So he was like, nah, nah, yeah, you don't take this. Take Havenhurst. We get on the 4054. And I have like a Thomas guide on my lap. And I go, oh, I think I'm supposed to go uh, here, you know. And then he got me lost. And the first AD, the, my boss screamed at me. And it was this terrible day. And then um, on the way back, he was, uh, we're driving. It's like at night. We're driving down the freeway. And yeah. he goes, hey, Bill, are you mad at me? <laughs> I go, you, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he goes, you want a you milkshake? <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? Milkshake, you want a cookie, you want a milkshake? And I'm like, It's the guy from Karate Kid. And yeah. I go, No. It's like my first Hollywood experience. Yeah. So he goes, There's a McDonald's right up here. Pull over, we'll get you a cookie, we'll get you a milkshake, everything'll be all right. Yeah. And I go, oh, okay. So I pull over to McDonald's. He goes, What kind of milkshake do you want? And I go, Chocolate. Yeah. And he goes, like chocolate milkshake, I'll get you a chocolate chip cookie. I'll be right back. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. He leaves, he comes back out, eating the chocolate chip cookie and drinking the milkshake. Right. And then he just sits in the back and he goes come on let's go go no no it was the biggest fuck you I, I was like whoa really? it was a weird mind fuck of like I'm gonna get you this thing and then he ate it in, in front, front of me. me and I just drove home in silence really <laughs> and I was like that was my first like welcome to Hollywood kid like moment my god and I came home to all my roommates and I was like you won't fucking believe what just happened to me and they're all were like dying laughing did and you have
0: to go back the next day and do yeah that?
1: I drove him to work every day And I didn't talk to him after that. I just kind of, like, stayed, like, straight ahead. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know, but I heard... I will say though I heard he was going through some sort of emotional, he was going through like a divorce or something was happening with him. Things so working. he might be, he might be a really nice guy, but I just, for some That's reason, a, I, I rubbed him the wrong way and I don't know what was going on.
0: That, that like, what was he teaching you? <laughs> like, just that, like that some of us are Don't cunts. listen to me. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah don't. But,
1: Why'd you listen to me?
0: You yeah, but, just kept But like, you know, it's like, it was just sort of one of those things where it's like, this is how show business works. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Or it was just, I want to fuck with this kid. I'm having a bad day. And you were like 20? I was twenty, yeah, I, and I just, I just was like, my God. And what sucks. other, what other sets were you on? People I was on a, a movie called Two Little Heroes, which is like Home Alone with two dogs. It was all done by r- these Russians, <laughs> and was, we we drove around like these Russians. We didn't speak English; they didn't speak English. And we couldn't <laughs> speak Russian, but we, it was, me and my friend were the only two like real English p- people, and it was, yeah. And they wanted to make this film with this Home Alone, but with dog. <laughs> And so we did that movie for like a, a month. And then, um, and I did a, I was this Playboy show called Night Calls. Yeah. It was like a call-in phone sex show i was like a stage manager there for like so a week so you were in
0: that loop of pas like everyone yeah. you had a little community like of people that would tell you you because i remember yeah. trying to do that you have to be in sort of like this circuit
1: of people yeah and the, the th- guy would go hey i got a job you want to do this for two days you right know, it was I would, like a hundred dollars a day or something. hundred bucks a day yeah and then the best thing is like then i got a job on this movie called um collateral damage with arnold schwarzenegger yeah and I remember that was that. like a big movie and yeah. so that, like, oh, I got to work for six months. And that was, was your great. break? and That, that was, was my a lot break of money. that. Yeah. So what
0: were you doing? Like, uh, Were you writing? Were you making movies? I was writing. Was trying stand-up or anything? It was a
1: big lesson was I was writing, but I got so kind of wrapped into making money and being on movie sets and kind of stars in my eyes a little bit of like, look at this. I'm hanging out with Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these things. Um, I did the Spider-Man movie and all these other things. And uh, I was doing nothing creative. And then I went to Second City Theater... After doing this for like five years. pa f- pa I was an assistant editor. I was a runner. I drove film elements That's around. That's weird because that can really happen. You forget why you're out here and then I've, you know you I have- fully did that. I 100%. And I also admit I was scared. I was really scared of f- fucking up and failing. I, but, but I, I, I had a hard time. I was so confident in high school and right. school and everything. And then when it was like I have to pay the bills- you it wanted just, to pay the bills. I just, I just—that was my whole goal was to pay the bills. Well, but also, I think, you get—I was a little freaked out,
0: right? But you, yeah. I mean, you keep getting this work, and you become a go-to guy in those that you, because know, the people that are hiring you to do that over and over again—they don't give a fuck about your dream. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. and I imagine at some point, you, you, even though you're on film sets and everything else, they're still like, "Well, how do I get from where I am to where the lights?" Exactly. Are? Like exactly. There's, there's there, like there's this idea that like, well, I'm in no you're not there's in. nothing there's no in no there's you're,
1: never an in even no. when you're in you're not in no right <laughs> you know what i mean you, you still some... have to bust your ass and work and kind of like uh that's what i've figured out you right know? so what was the
0: moment where you're like i have to
1: i went to a buddy show uh that you know Derek waters yeah and simon Hilberg, who's on uh, big bang theory and then my friend oh yeah he, yeah i was gonna talk to him soon he's a great guy really yeah. really great great guy and uh and uh and eric you guys Filchowski, were buddies and he and, was trying what no was no i didn't know them i just yeah. went with my friend and we went and saw this second city show and oh, I went, wasn't oh it wasn't your friend's show you just went no we just You're went right. with these people and i was like oh these people my age doing sketch comedy at right. second city on melrose right and then i went to another friend's level five show there and so then i asked him my buddy eric Filipkowski. i said how do i get in on this and he yeah. said oh you just sign up here and so i signed up that was like 2003 yeah so i signed up for classes and just started taking classes at Second City. At Second City, and the best thing that that taught me was um, to f- to fuck up, just to get up in front of people and fuck up. Yeah, and that, get, and that, get over the fear. To get over the fear. Yeah, right. I had a lot of fear going into it of being like you just get into a place where you're too cool, or your friend, you know, you start criticizing. Movies and TV and... Yeah, you oh, and- have just... And you're just... It, it, but then you do it and you go, oh, this shit is hard. Right. <laughs> so cut these things of slack, you know what I mean? And so it's hard and it's not like an easy thing well that's you know? a,
0: like that's a big shift from like a lifetime of being an armchair critic exactly bitter for no reason exactly you, you know like you know like yeah, fuck that fuck that I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. that, that guy's this is hack or that sucks exactly. or this guy doesn't know how to make movies and, and yeah. you know what are you doing no, I gotta well,
1: be on the set tomorrow well, I gotta get that guy coffee tomorrow <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, it's a it's big like...
0: but some people live their whole life like that So like it's there's a tragic hierarchy in Hollywood yeah. you, you, you can talk about the, the show business hierarchy but there's a dark one that mirrors it
1: exactly. of people who aren't in show business that goes all the way on this weird periphery and yeah. it was just a thing about being a, someone who does stuff and what and were some of the like you were just doing sketches
0: and learning sketches, how to improvise
1: improvising and then this guy Matt Offerman who's Nick Offerman's brother yeah. um, Eric Philkowski, and the guy Mel Cowan the four of us started a sketch group and we did a, we had a sketch group and we were doing shows like in a backyard in Van Eyes. We were just doing, we had no space. We didn't know anybody with, who would like a space or anything. And Offerman
0: so wasn't a star yet. Mm-mm.
1: But Nick would let us rehearse at his, um. His workshop? workshop? His workshop. Yeah. So we go to He Nick's. had that then. He had that then. This was 2004. So we'd go to his workshop and rehearse. And he, was he sanding things? In? He was just sanding like a boat in the background. <laughs> but he was very nice. And then, um. Megan Mullally, his wife, saw me in one of those shows and recommended me to Lauren Michaels. It was that fast, really. And it was like I was just the luckiest, craziest break in the and world. And she was already a Broadway star. Of- she did Will and Grace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. And she had hosted the show. She had just hosted the show, and they just happened to they needed. You know, Jimmy Fallon had left. You know, Tina and and that whole crew were kind of on their way out, and Lauren needed some new blood. And and I uh I got and so she said you're really funny and I said oh thank you and that was it and then I got a phone call I was working as an assistant editor on Iron Chef America and I got a phone call from Lindsay Shookus yeah. uh, who's you know in the talent department now runs the talent department and she said uh, you know Lauren Michaels would like to meet you
0: uh-huh. holy shit and you're you know? like you're watching them cut
1: to you know like uh- yeah Bobby Flay <laughs> You know, make making it some it. ragu thing, and I'm like, yeah, I can, I can be up there. I can get up to New York. Um, and so we went, and uh, Lauren met me, and I had a really nice meeting with him. And he said, uh, "Do you know why you're here?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, Megan and He goes, "I was on a boat once, and um, there was a guy on the boat." being funny that the, the way he was being funny in the way that Bill Murray is funny <laughs> and I thought to myself I know Bill Murray yeah. <laughs> and that was it that was the whole meeting. I'm not exaggerating. That was the whole meeting. I flew all the way up to New York. He said, "Do you know why you're here?" And he told me that story. And it was like, "Get out!" And then I left. And I told Mike Shoemaker, yeah. "Hey, that's what this is what happened." And he goes, "Oh, you should stick around for a couple of days." Like, "Oh, that's good. <laughs> 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 that's the beginning of a conversation. <laughs> that's the beginning of a conversation. That was great." Yeah. And then I stuck around. And then and then Lauren came to L. A. and saw our show uh,
0: with the with the sketch with the
1: sketch group. And he knew. That the house was packed with all of our friends because, like, you knew he was coming. He, we knew he was coming. And the first, um, Howard Kramer opened for us, and then he, and we went out and we did a thing. And the f- like, the first thing I said, everyone went crazy. And yeah, it was yeah. like, and I think Lauren was like, ah, these are all his buddies. Yeah, yeah. So Lauren said, screw this, you guys have to come to New York. So he flew well, us well, all. Wait, 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 wait.
0: So he saw the show, and he they- saw
1: the show and he liked it. Yeah. But he said, "You guys have to come." He said that to you. You got to new York. come. You guys have to come to New York what for you. Do the show in New York for a New York audience. You know, where no but one you knows But You can't fill it. Yeah. And So we went in, and I look out. Now cut to New York, UCB Theater on Twenty Sixth Street. I look out the the original it, UCB with the weird seats. Yeah, down yeah. where it's yeah. underground, and they have the weird. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's a new one, right? Okay, with all the pillars. In yeah, front yeah, of. yeah. The of ceilings. Yeah. And so we went in and. And, and I look back and there's like Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, uh, Seth Myers, like everyone just on a writing night. It was during a show week going, oh, we have to go see this guy's show. And uh, I felt terrible. And uh, and so we went out for the first and thing. And Lauren was there too? Lauren was there. Oh, yeah. Lauren was and there, then- Marcy Klein, Mike Shoemaker, and then a bunch of New York pe- comedy people or improvisers going, you know, who the fuck, fuck. are these guys? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: This is our night. This is our place.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Moynihan was in the audience. I didn't know him then, but Bobby yeah. was there. He said, he's he's like, yeah, a lot of people want to know who, who are these LA guys. Yeah. You know? But they didn't know which guy it was. So then we, I came out. So and they we,
0: brought all four of you out to look at you. Yeah. And you and knew and that or they all knew that?
1: We all knew it. And those guys to this day, like my last show, I called all of them and thanked them all because I was like, they totally, they knew- that it was just for me, but they were like, "Yeah, they're gonna look at Bill. We gotta go do the show out there." there was, Where are those guys were... now? Mel works at UCB, and yeah. Matt, I think, moved to Illinois. He got married and had yeah. kids. Uh-huh. And then Eric is in like every commercial now. Anytime I see a commercial, Eric's Eric uh, who, Phil one? Kowski. Okay, yeah, he's great. Um, but All right, so
0: you do the show, and it goes well.
1: It goes really. We we do our first thing, not getting laughs, and then I did uh, Vinnie Vedeci, uh, which I later am doing on the show and amy polar laughed and it just calmed the whole room down because amy started laughing and i was like oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) amy and i don't know if i still this day i don't think she thought what i did was funny i think she was just like god let's help these guys out this is terrible (laughs) you know what i mean it was that quiet after the first no 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 it was just it was like the first tense tense, tense. it was tense the whole situation was tense and so she's like i'm gonna laugh just to calm everybody down right right and uh it was I, I've never spoken to her about it but to this day I've been like thank you so much you yeah. know uh, and we did a great show and everyone laughed and, and uh, it was legitimate and then Naomi Odenkirk is my manager I went up to her afterwards and she goes I think you're gonna get the show cause you won this you won the room over you know and, and then and then I had to do an actual audition so Naomi's still your manager yeah that's
0: uh, sweet and I, I've known her for years. Yeah. She's Bob's wife, and I'm glad. So, all right. So, how'd you hook up with her, though? She signed you off of the sketch troupe here.
1: Yeah. Uh, a woman who worked for her, Mandy Kahn, was my friend. I was a PA on a sketch uh, on a short that Bob did with Fred yeah. Armisen. Yeah. And Mandy was the other PA. And then I just called her and I said, I'm going to go meet Laura Michaels. And she went, Oh, well, come in and talk to Naomi. Um, and maybe Naomi can help you with this because I had no manager, no right. agent, or anything. And, and you were still
0: just a PA on an I, I was, yeah.
1: And Fred was, and you didn't know Fred. Other than I that. picked Fred up from the airport, and I didn't know he didn't know me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> does he remember <laughs> it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked him up from the airport, and uh, uh, I fun. go, I was the PA that picked you up from the airport. That was the first thing I said to him when yeah. I got SNL, and he yeah. was like, "Oh." And I learned real quick. Oh yeah, don't tell people you were the PA, PA who picked him. <laughs> yeah. He went, oh, (laughs) okay. That's weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kid. Hey, kiddo. Yeah. Um, So they. uh, So you do the show. We do the show, and it goes great. And Naomi tells you he wants to meet you at the office or whatever. He wants to. uh, All right. We do that. And then he says, I want to see you. uh, I want you to do a real audition, like the official SNL audition. In the studio on the camera. In the studio on camera. Yeah. And I went up and uh, I did that audition. What'd you do? I did Vinnie Vedeci. uh, Right. right. And it's basically just ripping off Sid Caesar. It's all Italian (laughs) gibberish. Um, (laughs) It is. It's just like people. uh, um, And I did it on the show a couple of times. And then, uh, so I did that on my audition. And then I, in that, did um just a bunch of impressions
0: but it, but in that audition it's you in a box studio and you know that people are watching it was lauren sitting in the office with yeah in no, the no, audience no. with marcy <laughs> or
1: <laughs> lauren what? sitting at a table with like marcy tina fey uh andrew Steele, i think was there right and you know they tell you you walk in and they go you're going first what was the first thing and i went oh okay <clears throat> you know and yeah so go on the dressing room working on my audition was there and other then, people waiting oh yeah no uh yeah, th- no, I got there first. Here's the thing. I got there first, and there was another guy in the elevator with me with a ton of props. Yeah. And I'm looking at him going, I didn't bring any props. Oh, this yeah. guy has so many props. Yeah. That was Andy Samberg. That was the first time I met Andy Samberg. <laughs> and Andy later told me, he was looking at me going, shit, that guy doesn't need props. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, God, I brought all these props. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he might have a different take on the story, yeah, yeah. but that's why I remember. Yeah. And then um, we went... We left, uh, We go. I, I go in, and they say, you're going first, and, Andy, you're going second. Oh, shit. And so then I'm waiting, I go in, waiting, waiting, hour goes by, waiting, and then I look out, and there's a ton of people auditioning, they're all they're all waiting to audition, and the auditions have started. I go, oh, they've started already? And they go, yeah, we're on guy three, you know, yeah. we're on the third person. I was right. like, well, they told me I was first. Yeah. Now nah, you're gonna have to wait. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> so the, like, mind began. the mind fuck begins. The mind fuck immediately the mind fuck began <laughs> 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 and i was just like oh jesus and so um and then i auditioned how long did you wait i waited and then a buddy of mine auditioned a uh, really funny guy named andrew friedman who's at the groundlands he auditioned and i went out just to kind of like hear his audition because we kind of helped each other with our auditions yeah. yeah auditions and then he came out and then Chris Kelly, I now know him, he's a stage manager at SNL. Grab goes, and he's in his mic and he goes, no, no, I got Bill Hader. No, I got him right here. Okay, you go right now. Come on, let's go. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, there's, and there's no way to gauge how it's getting a reaction because no. there's nobody in there with them at the table. It's them and it's quiet, but like the Amy thing... I was doing in the middle, and everyone was coming back, going, no mm-hmm. one's laughing, it's just quiet, Right, it's not laughing. Giving you the heads up, not, not, a, not a warm room. Not a warm room, it was very yeah. quiet, Yeah. and then you go in, you slate yourself, you're right on the mark where the host does the monologue, Right. and you slate yourself to camera, and then they said, uh, all right, let's go, and so you, I started my audition, and the minute I went into the Vinnie Vedecci voice, Tina Fey started laughing. <laughs> and it's great you get i've watched for the first time naomi odenkirk has my audition on dvd yeah. and i watch it and you see it on my face she starts laughing and i i i just like get got so one. calm and yeah. i'm like boom i'm like so happy <laughs> and then um my audition was good bob odenkirk helped me on my audition he was really healthy he's like make it short like tight five how many minutes. characters uh it was like five yeah six maybe other things? Ones you do. It was all it was all impressions. Peter Falk, James Mason, uh, and oh, that morning they asked for a political thing, that, and they well, we want a political impression, but it can't be George Bush, right? So I went on television and to watched t- Tony Blair. Yeah. And then called my friend from the UK. I go, all right, who's this? And I did it. And he's like, That's was supposed to be Tony Blair. And I was like, shit, all right, hold on. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was really tense. Was and you very, called him back and said, how about now? How about now? And he goes, "Ah, all right. You know, it'll pass. And I was yeah. like, okay, now I have to write something for it. So I wrote some dumb Tony Blair thing. And yeah. Then we just went, I just went and did it. And then, and then um, I, I felt really good about it. And yeah. then uh, two weeks later, I, I got, I got the job. But that was a rough two weeks or no No yeah I mean, just from that I got you know meetings to get like a now I was like you're an actor now like yeah. Naomi's like, I'm representing you um uh we're gonna talk to agencies what agency you could go to and things like that. and um and then uh yeah, I was at uh the newsroom cafe on Robertson yep and uh, went to the bathroom. I was having uh, lunch with Naomi. I went to the bathroom, came back, and she had her cell phone, and she just handed it to me, and I was like, hello? And it was Marcy Klein saying, hey, congratulations, you you got cast. Um, you need to be out here tomorrow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 and that uh, began it. And that began it, yeah. And you were like, the, the, how long did it take before you got stuff on and in? And Oh, stuff on was like six years. I did not come out of the gate. I had, my, I had a really good first show right it Al Pacino and Andy and I went on update yeah and had a great first show yeah but I then it was very much uh the digital shorts happened yeah and Kristen Wig happened and I felt I can I was very lucky with the cat the class I came in with Andy Kristen and Sedacus and yeah. and those people and uh and I just kind of I felt like I went from kindergarten to Harvard you know what yeah. I mean I didn't know what I was really doing right i i for the first four years i was like they're gonna come up to me and say we made a giant mistake you gotta go home
0: well what was it what what was the feeling of of
1: anxiety i mean you you weren't just a performer they expect you to generate right yeah and i was i was never someone that could just self-generate i always right. need to work with a writer and I, and i did that for the most part the thing the turning point for me was so i did i had a good first show and then it slowly kind of declined and then by the end of my Towards the end of my first season, I mean, I wasn't really doing much of anything. Yeah. And, and it's, you know. What, what does that mean though? You're just sitting around or, or like. You have, know, you put in things, you're like the second cop coming through the door as I think Bill Murray would always say it, you know, yeah. but those are good. You need to do those parts. Yeah. You know, Right now I'm happy I did all those things right. or you're like a Starbucks customer right. and, and uh, or whatever. And. I would do that and was just trying to learn. I was trying to learn how to write sketch comedy. I was trying to learn how to write comedy, period. You know, I didn't know how to write jokes. Right, right. I I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like, everything I did was like more attitude, you know, and voices. Were you a fan of Bill Murray? I did like Bill Murray a lot. Yeah, I loved Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get to meet him? I did meet him. You just met him at SNL or what? No, Jim Downey called me and was like, I'm watching uh, a baseball game at this bar. You should come over. And I went over and Bill Murray was there.
0: And it was me and him
1: and Bill Murray. And then I texted Sadakis, like, get over to this bar right now. I'm sitting here with Bill Murray. So Jason kind of just dropped by, like, hey, "Hey, what's going on, guys? (laughs) And then we sat and talked to Bill Murray and I told him, yeah, I'm getting, I'm like the kind of second cop through the door thing and- he was like, "Yeah, I was the same way, man. You just got to get with the writers. It's hard, you know what I mean." He was really, actually, really nice. And when you know? was the big breakthrough? Uh, probably the big thing, actually, mentally, was I. I did a show and I did a sketch and I felt like I didn't. I didn't do a great job and I did, I just was getting kind of. I was really in my head and not yeah. knowing what I was doing. Right. And I told Bob Odenkirk about it and he said, "Go in and talk to Lauren." he said, don't be afraid of him. Just go in and talk to him. Everyone's afraid of him. Like, he goes, I was afraid of him. Like, just go talk to him. <laughs> yeah. And so I went in and just, just told Lauren, like, I don't know what you want from me. Like, what What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the new guy, but yeah, I was yeah. like really freaking out a little bit. Like, yeah. what do you want me to do? And he said, I just do, just do what you're do. What you doing, you know? And, um, but that kind of, I think after that, it was like, if we saw each other in the hallway, he would go, hey, Bill, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. he was like, okay, this guy wants to work with me. And work with the show, and is trying to figure it out, and I think that was a big turning point. And then doing the Vinny Vedecci show for the first time with Julie louis Dreyfus. Yeah, I remember when I did that at the table, like some writers clapped in a way of like, "Oh, that this guy really needs this," because yeah. I was trying a lot of stuff out of the yeah. table. I was just falling on his face uh, and bombing horribly. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't. I just couldn't figure it out. And then yeah. once that happened, I felt a little bit better. And then I kind of sat back and looked. I go, this is where a cast is at. Here's what everybody's doing. It's like the A-team. Where do I fit in? Right. So I was like, okay, every week I'm just going to bring in an impression piece because I'm kind of known as the impression person. Right. So I'll just do impersonations and I'll do that. And then what I learned was I would do a sketch that would bomb, but then a writer would say, hey, that... Alan Alda impression you did or that John Malkovich thing or whatever, yeah. I want to use it in my thing. Oh, good. We now know you can do that. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Sure. And so it was a little bit like learning and then over time I got a little bit better and then my fourth season after an, at an after party, Lauren pulled me aside and said, you know, you can work here as long as you want. <laughs> like, chill the fuck out. You are so uptight. Will you please calm down? You got the job. Yeah. Go have fun. Will you start having fun, please? <laughs> so you're the uptight guy yeah. oh totally I was very I still I get very nervous I have major like you know stage yeah. you know fright or whatever but you know. not. But in front of people or all the time like on movie sets as well not on movie sets just in front of a, the a live audience live television audience <laughs> <laughs> right it gets really nerve wracking so we—that's what worked when I did Stefan for the first time, because I got to just do that nervousness. You right, get to yeah. play the nervousness, yeah, 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 in a way that was really helpful. And that character is hugely popular. Yeah, but that didn't come till way, way later. You know, I had to. Kinda, you did eight seasons. Eight seasons, yeah, and I think Stefan, we did it for the first time at the end of my fifth season. Wow! Yeah,
0: so long learning curve. But I think it's interesting at four years when he finally just sort of went in and talked to Lauren because I he I from what I gather he's a guy that you could sort of you know project any of your fears onto. Yeah. that Like, you know, you just wander around in the shadow of this man who everyone's afraid to talk to making assumptions, you know, without sort of what you just said, realizing it's like, he's just trying to make the show. He's
1: trying to make the show work. He's <laughs> like, I got to make this He's not this about person. Bill. Yeah. He's not like, you know, how
0: Bill's happy. Like, yeah. it's very easy to think that. It's like, all he's doing is sitting around thinking like, why did I hire that guy?
1: Exactly. And what it was is just like, yeah, yeah relax. <laughs> yeah. Trying to, got a lot of things going
0: on. Yeah. Here. We yeah. got a, we have an
1: election. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about you. Will you just yeah. do something funny? <laughs> And have fun, please. <laughs> and it is, and you get when I what I learned from about Warren is that he really is just a huge comedy fan. Yeah, one of the co- one of the most telling moments I had with him was there was a show I think Tina Fey hosted and Steve Martin came on and did a bit in it, and I had a moment with Lorne and Steve Martin, and we started talking about comedy albums. Yeah, and Warren and lit up in a way that was. I hadn't seen where I was like, oh yeah, you just love this shit. He loves. He well, what, what was he talking about? Early Lenny Bruce, before he got political, right? And like he and Steve Martin doing the whole out, al- you know, doing bits from the album, and, and I still have it. Like they were had a napkin, they're writing down the albums I needed to go get, and some of them were like the Nichols and May one, which sure. I had, and um Tom Lear, uh, Tom Lear, Lear, Tom Lear, which yeah. I, I never got. It's music, music, yeah. Um, Richard Pryor, yeah. They, they, I mean, they just talked about Richard Pryor a lot. Yeah. Just how good Richard Pryor was. Yeah. And Steve Martin said, yeah, he's like Richard Pryor was... He's like, yeah, that guy was Did they give a reason? He was was the best. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they just talked about his joke and how he was just different and what he brought to it. Yeah, so much um, uh,
0: vulnerability to the thing. Yeah, exactly.
1: And you kind of and what Steve Martin was doing and and what Richard Pryor was doing and how kind of, he it was just interesting hearing him talk about him. Yeah. Uh, And, but that night, it was when I was like, oh yeah, you were just a big fan guy. And they were quoting like, Monty Python, oh, Beyond the Fringe, that was a big one. Oh, I'm really? Talking about Beyond the Fringe album and huh. how great that was. It's I mean,
0: amazing to see these guys as people or as fans. Yeah, in and,
1: and just watching them as fans yeah. made me go, oh, okay. They're I just get it now. guys who like this. Who, they just love this. And um, he just decided, like. Just billionaires having a nice time. Yeah, they're throwing money at each <laughs> other. No, but yeah, having hearing Lauren, and I go, oh, yeah, you just love this. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to just make the show about it. I yeah. Just, I
0: well, would, it's pretty it's, fascinating that you know now he, he sort of owns. He, yeah, you know, he's got the Tonight Show. Like, he, it's yeah. it, it's a it's a fascinating thing with that guy to me. Like, you know, he just kind of hangs out and he does this thing, and it's like, okay, I'll design the Tonight oh, Show. Oh, the now. Tonight
1: Show. It's show business. He yeah. loves show business.
0: Yeah, and he's there's a. Yeah, did you read that late shift thing? That late night, the battle for late night. No, the Bill Carter book. Yeah, about mm-hmm. uh, not the late shift, but about about the Conan. Oh no, I have oh, uh, no. tonight show thing oh, about that know. whole. It's it's pretty fascinating because he's like a, a real. Part of it, Oh, really? Lauren is like Lauren yeah. comes off as this Buddha, yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's this story he tells about um, about meeting an executive at GE. You know, when he was thinking about leaving, or when he did leave. Oh, and uh, like, briefly, really, the yeah, 80s. Yeah. yeah, And the executive is like, you know, the network is will always be here. Mm-hmm. You guys come and go, mm-hmm. but, but the network, you know, whatever, we're we're not going anymore. Yeah, and it had resonated with him. <laughs> yeah. He never quite realized that because you get sort of caught up with this sort of like we're doing a thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another guy will do a thing. Yeah, yeah. and it
1: difficult. seemed to really, well, yeah. it seemed
0: to really kind of like show him the world in a different way. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I'm not. It is. It's just that's the universe. It's and you feel network.
1: like, and you feel like Lauren with you as a young person. Yeah. He really does like to help you with that. Like he really legitimately cares about your career and what the choices yeah. you're making even after you leave the show you know it right. kind of wants to you know make sure that you're Did doing... he do that with you? Did he? A of... little bit. Yeah, what he did. You got planned. What are you doing? What, why am I seeing you in T-Mobile commercials? Oh, did he say that <laughs> in a funny way? Yeah, yeah. but it was like what why? Are
0: those? <laughs> would you, yeah. you, I saw you and I said
1: the same thing. Yeah, I liked them. <laughs> I, I was like, I thought I mean, these would be funny. Yeah, there's I no,
0: know. no, I, there's no shame in it, but it's sort of like it's interesting about commercials where
1: it has a stigma thing. I called a couple of buddies before I did it. Yeah, I said, should I do these? I don't know. It could be funny, and it's like good money, and yeah, do it and. And um, one friend said, I don't know if, like, with this generation of selling out is a thing. Well, no, that's true. <laughs> you know? As long as you can he represent goes, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if it's a thing. It doesn't have that stigma of, like, when, you know, for us, doing a commercial is like, ugh. But I guess the thought is, is sort of like, you, uh, you, people would think, like, well, Bill Hader's past that.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't
1: yeah. know. I decided, I just, I don't know. I don't. Put a lot of thought into this, and and then I I was like oh, I'll just go do it, Yeah. and then I did that. I was like oh everything's fine, and then I did the Reddit Ask Me Anything. Yeah, thing oh, yeah, on Reddit, yeah, sure, good times. And uh <laughs> it's a lot of like, why am I seeing you these stupid fucking commercials? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. fair buddy, yeah, it's yeah. totally fair, buddy. Lesson I get it. lesson learned. No, you yeah, I get it, it, buddy. No, I I but I I like them. I think they're fun. So you have two kids? Yeah. And you're all out here? Yeah. Did you get yourself a house? Yeah, we're in a house. You bought one? We rented one. Where? On the west side of town. Okay. And so we're looking to buy but anywhere else. Yeah. Anywhere were, like, and, and we'll probably beach. stay in the west side oh, we would okay. like to but we're looking to buy in other places.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When
1: you have kids it's all about schools and yeah, and room like that. and room. Especially and you bought yourself a Camry.
0: Heart. I'm very impressed. Drove up in a Camry. Yeah. It was a, it was a new black Camry, but it was a Camry. Sensible. Yeah, Camry hybrid. <laughs> Which I, I respect a great deal. No limo for Bill Hader. Yeah. No uh, car where you got out and looked nervous. It's going to be all right here. Yeah. It's going to be. Uh, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't, like, I can't get, you seem like a practical person. I can't get into it. Like, I don't know how to spend money. Oh, and, yeah. And I, and I don't yeah. like to.
1: Yeah. And uh, with cars, it's like, I don't, it's Just it's going to get fucked up. Yeah, I don't understand that. Anytime I see someone in a really nice car, I get in. Into a friend's car that's like crazy nice. I, yeah. I do. It is. Yeah, I'm like, I this? would be freaked out all the yeah. whole time. I'm like, you're going to ding you, this up. Mm. We're driving in a pl- like Everyone wants to kill us. That's yeah. what I think. But everyone wants to carjack us right people, now. Yeah.
0: Most people spend <laughs> this on a house. And exactly. Yeah. And,
1: I was like, we can't drive anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is terrible.
0: So, what's, uh, so you've been here three weeks. What, 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 what is has the entry into LA been? What, have there been meetings? Have you been?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we just, my wife did a movie with Aubrey Plaza called The To Do List. So, we were promoting that a lot. And then, who's your wife? Maggie Carey. Okay. Um, so you're both actors. No, she wrote and directed a movie. Oh, that's better. Yeah, she wrote and directed the <laughs> movie. Could, could. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, good. I was concerned for a minute. I should have done a little more research, but no, um, I, I'm fine. No, this yeah, is good.
0: Yeah. So maybe she'll fit you into something. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully <laughs>
1: she'll write me into another movie. It'd be maybe. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah. And, so,
0: and what you, you've been doing what? You're going to go on. What are you going to do? What are you, you going to do here?
1: I don't know. We'll find out. We well, got know. a movie coming up, or what's going on? No, maybe. Oh, Kristen Wiig and I did a movie called the the Skeleton Twins, a drama. Yeah, that was good. A drama? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. That was a good. When's that come out? I think. Well, hopefully, they're trying to get into festivals right now. But it's a um, Kristen. The Duplass Brothers produced it, and uh, this guy Craig Johnson wrote and directed it. Uh, me and Kristen, Ty Burrell, Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's a great cast little like the to-do list my wife's movie is like million dollar movie right and um but it was really fulfilling just to do this thing you know it was cool you know Kristen calling me going hey so you're doing this like yeah, yeah. this is different like this is um you know we are we play twins estranged strange twins yeah i'm her gay twin brother yeah and uh i moved back in with her uh oh, and wow. it's in her and uh, in our hometown uh-huh and it's good it's a very uh um, I, I'm hearing it's good. I, we're we're, we're going to see it in a couple of weeks. Do you find that, is it easier to do straight? I liked it. I really enjoyed doing it just because it was different. I, it was it was kind of a mind fuck because you would do these straight scenes, you know, like you said, you know, these dramatic scenes. Yeah. And then it was, I did it during the SNL season. So I would do that and then you'd go and Martin Short was hosting the show and yeah. you would go and- and then dude. have to do sketch comedy with Martin Short, so it was a very like getting your head around it a little bit. Well, yeah, and that's you got to go way up to do. Well, Martin sketch- Short is like
0: <laughs> way, way,
1: yeah, the funniest human being on the planet. Like yeah, just being with him, I'm yeah. like, okay, you're like finite comedy. Everything yeah. he says, and and he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, such a sweet dude. But, when you, uh,
0: when you do uh, straight acting, because like I mean, when you do a voice or you do a thing for broad comedy or, or just a, a comedy type. I mean, how do you approach the straight acting? Do you do do you do a voice? Do you are you conscious of that? Or? Nah,
1: yeah, it's really just working with a director and saying, "Is this too much? Is this right? What do you want? You yeah, know, yeah, and, and and kind of saying, you know, like, you know, he was saying, yeah, your character, you know, your, the character's the character I play is gay, but you know, that's not you do to it's play to him. You're not playing yeah, yeah. gay, you know. And so it was that, you know, it was very nice to, um, uh you know, work with him on the character. I've never done that before. And going through the script and kind of the opposite of the advice I was giving you before, I mean, it's a version of know your lines and kind of know what the emotion is. Right. Um, But then intuitively, I'm going to sound pompous as shit, but the two of you are kind of losing yourself in it a little yeah,
0: bit. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, it's hard, I, you know, no matter who I talk to about acting, it's it does ultimately come down to uh, intuition.
1: Intuition and completely... Um, just like again going back to that thing of not caring about like doing like making an idiot out of yourself right? and fucking up right? and knowing that everybody fucks up and goes too far and you know I would do takes in the movie and kind of look at the director and go what do you think I could tell he was like yeah that was a little much but you know but you're <laughs> trying you're sure. trying shit but I'm realizing a good director creates that space of like right. yeah try that and yeah let's dial it back a little bit but that was a good idea you know or. Mm, let's go this way, you know, and so it's just it's a it's just collaborating with people and Wig Kristen Wig is so great in the movie and so good to collaborate with and is really there with you and, and you have a chemistry preceding this so that was nice playing brother and sister yeah. we've known each other for eight years and yeah. worked with each other you know a lot so it was it was really great that goes a long way having a dynamic with somebody Without already a, oh man I can't tell you you just felt very uh, secure right going well I'm going to do this crazy thing and yeah. and her being there I don't know if I would go to another you never know but yeah. it was fun having those conversations where um, I love doing comedy but it's just like it was just a different it's just a different conversation absolutely you know
0: well thanks for talking to me man thanks for having me and now, like, now I, I'm going to set you loose to drive to the west side at rush hour motherfucker I know man going to take that new car out you're going to really get to know that new car you can sit there in the air conditioner and say things like yeah this is a good choice a hybrid oh you'll find that's the only thing that you're not going to like about los angeles is what you're going to have to go through when you leave my house
1: okay good traffic great everything else is pretty good i like uh i like everything else so far but that's what everyone tells me it's
0: weird it seems hackneyed but it really it gets to a point you're like why why is it like this all the time yeah yeah where are you guys going yeah wait <laughs> shouldn't people be home already yeah what? where where what are all you doing right now yeah that that that'll have variations yeah uh, involving cuss
1: words and different levels of anger yeah at least i'm by myself and i don't have the kids in the car that makes it way <laughs> yeah. worse they no reason bonkers. to ruin childhoods yeah yeah over a traffic jam
0: exactly all right thanks man thanks buddy <laughs> That's our show. Is, isn't is he a fucking nice guy? He is, right? God damn, man. Had a nice time with that fella. He's, I would like to have him over more often just to hang out and talk with that guy. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. And here's something that I don't know if you know this. I don't know how long you've been listening to the show. But uh, do you have the WTF app? It's the fastest, easiest way to get every episode of WTF. The WTF app is free for all your mobile devices. You'll get the uh, the newest episode as soon as it's ready to download, and the most recent 50 episodes are always on there. And if you want to upgrade to, to the premium app, you get access to every single episode of WTF. That's 400-plus that's episodes. Go to WTFPod.com and click on the WTF app link or go to your preferred app store and get the WTF app. Also at WTFPod.com, there's some new merch, there's shit, there's stuff. Oh, that reminds me, I got to get those posters from Chicago. A guy up there does these great posters. Put them up there, leave a comment. Do what you got to do, okay? Can you do that? I'm going on vacation, man, kind of. Maybe I will. I will never come back. That'd be hilarious. I'm not going far. I'm probably already back by the time you listen to me. Boomer lives!